God, may your word be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our first reading today is um, from the book of Psalms, Psalm 19. To the choir master, a psalm of David. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, and like a strong man, runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey, the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover by them is your, ser is, is your servant warned, in keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Keep back your servants also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Now from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 31. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is accursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except in the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to that same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the workings of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between Spirits. 
to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, all were made to drink of one Spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would, make, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty. Which are more, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ. And individual members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts. And I will show you a still more excellent way. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Aaron, for your patience in reading that very long passage. In the lectionary, 1 Corinthians 12 is actually split in half, and half of it was in the lectionary cycle for last week and half for this week. Uh, but it all really flows together in one main driving point. So I left the whole thing in for this week since we missed last week together due to appalling weather. Um, so Aaron gets an extra shout out this morning for being patient and reading that entire chapter. Friends, let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O God, 
our rock and our redeemer. The church in Corinth was a mess when Paul was writing to them. They were a bickering, disagreeing, divided mess. Their disunity was getting in the way of the mission to spread the gospel to all people. They were focusing on the power and privilege of the people with certain sets of gifts and talents, and they were ignoring the others. Spiritual gifts were seen as something to be used for self-edification or self-glorification rather than edification of the community and glorification of God. Anytime we lift up one sort of person or one group of people over another, we create a power imbalance, and power imbalances cause a multitude of problems. They cause abuse and injustice. They cause certain people to be perceived as or to feel like less than And they deny the community the fullness of everyone being appreciated for living up to their fullest potential. Jesus' mission, after all, was to make sure that all people are afforded the knowledge of God's love and acceptance through unity to God and to one another. If we are not using our gifts and not celebrating the gifts of all people, we fail to adequately profess Jesus as Lord. If we think our gifts are more important than someone else's gifts, we fail to adequately profess Jesus as Lord. If we think our gifts are less important or useful than someone else's, we fail to adequately profess Jesus as Lord. If we try to use gifts we don't have just because we think they are more valuable than our own or they will get us farther than our own will, we fail to adequately profess Jesus as Lord. If we do not accept that God works through people with gifts we might not understand or see the value of, we fail to adequately profess Jesus as Lord. And friends, if we fail to profess Jesus as Lord, what are we even doing here? So Paul uses this great analogy of the body to emphasize for everyone how important each person is. It's meant to encourage those who are feeling like they don't have anything to contribute and to check those who think their contributions are the right and the most important ones. Paul gives a list of gifts, but it's not meant to be a hierarchical list of gifts. He says everyone needs to embrace their spirit-given gifts. He says we're like a bunch of different parts in one body. Each part is important and special. We used to have this little cat named Clark. We've had many cats throughout the years, but Clark was a particularly interesting little cat. You see, we didn't know until a few months after we adopted him, but Clark was a very sick little cat. In fact, he only lived to be about five years old. And it took the vets a long time to figure out what was wrong with him. It seemed like random parts of his body would just stop working right. Sometimes he would act like a pretty normal cat, and sometimes he would stare at the wall for an hour or fall off the couch for no reason. If you ran the coffee grinder, he would go wild-eyed and start spinning around in circles. After a month or two of testing to figure out what in the world was going on with this little cat, what was making his various organs and body parts get out of whack from time to time, They determined that it was a birth defect that affected his liver. 
There was one tiny little blood vessel that didn't go to the right place, and not all of the toxins were being cleansed out of his body by his liver like they should have been. So because his liver didn't work right, his brain didn't work right, his balance was off. Sometimes he was weak in the legs, he was deaf in one ear, and he didn't always see very well. He was a very sweet little animal, but he was a complete mess. And it was just that one tiny vessel in his liver that didn't quite run in the right direction it should, and his whole body suffered for it. That is what happens to the church body when one part doesn't function the way it's designed to function. When it gets forced into a function that it's not meant to do or it refuses to do its part for some reason. Everything in the body is affected. Even when it's a part like the liver that you can't even see on a regular basis. It's tucked around on the inside where you don't see it every day. Now, the most common translation for the word that goes along with gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 is variety. But the word in the Greek can also mean assignment. As if these spirit-given talents are something we are given that is meant to be used. We are assigned to use them. So why do we so often duck and hide when confronted with the idea of using our spiritual gifts? Who, me? We like to say, I'm not good enough. I'm too busy. I don't have any talents worth sharing. I get too nervous. Those are just excuses, excuses, excuses. First Corinthians tells us that each one is given the spirit for the good of the body. Everybody has gifts and talents that they are assigned. They aren't chosen. This is not a buffet where you get to pick the one or two you would like to stick in your pocket for use later when it's convenient for you. They are given to us because we are meant to use them. Not just for ourselves, although there is a great deal of growth in us as individuals when we use our gifts. But our gifts benefit the whole community of believers. That goes for individuals edifying their local church community. That goes for each individual congregation participating in the work of the greater church community. Everybody has different parts. And Paul's list of gifts is not exhaustive. I don't think that such a list could possibly exist. And so we aren't limited to just the gifts that we see in this passage. Paul's point is not to make us a full list of the talents and gifts we are given by God, but to give a broad spectrum, to give us the idea of the sort of variety and diversity of gifts that God gives. And his point is not to lift up certain gifts above others. His point is, in the second part of this passage, when he calls us a body. If we only had right legs, we would walk around in circles. If we were all noses and no eyes, we'd be able to smell dinner cooking, but we'd never be able to see where it was. Not to mention, if we were all noses, we'd have no mouth with which to eat that dinner. And this is an analogy that can get a little strange if you keep thinking about it. If we were all hair, we'd just clog the drain and there'd be no one to clean the shower. And I think Paul means to get a little bit strange with this analogy. He's trying to get your attention. He's saying that this is no stranger than thinking that we are going to be a living, active, committed, and fruitful community of believers who are all Sunday school teachers. 
That's ridiculous. If we were all Sunday school teachers, who would play the organ? And if we were all organists, who would hand out the bulletins? If we were all ushers, there would be no one to visit the sick. If we all spent all week visiting the sick, who would set up for the potluck dinners? And don't get me wrong, because you all know how I feel about a good potluck dinner. But if we were all always and only setting up for potluck dinners, who would speak a kind word to the hurting or reach out to the poor or the suffering? It's just as silly as picturing a pile of ears trying to do anything other than hearing. Friends, be the body part you were designed to be. Some are meant to be scripture readers, some to be bakers, others to be educators. Some are prayer warriors, some are speakers, some are quietly working in the background in ways that may rarely be noticed publicly. But all are vital to a healthy body. And we don't always know what everyone's talents and gifts are. So I want to know if you are hiding something. Dear friends, if you're feeling stuck or you're wondering what you're supposed to be doing or you've never felt like you had much to contribute, or maybe you're just curious, I encourage you to take one of the spiritual gifts assessments that I have set out in the back today. Take it with you, think about it, pray about it, and bring it back next week or stop by to see me this week and talk about it. Recently in our new members class, I encouraged our lovely new members to think outside of the box and to use their gifts as they have been given. If you have a talent that's not being used, let us know. I'm sure we can figure out a way to use it well. Maybe we have a place for you to use it that we just hadn't thought of. Maybe it's God's way of showing us a new place of ministry. And if you look at that assessment, you might find gifts you're surprised by. Or you might find that your gifts and roles have changed throughout the years. And that's not just okay, that's normal and healthy for your gifts to change throughout the years. If you're still participating in and ministering at church in exactly the same way you were 10 or 20 or 30 years ago without having reassessed the fruit of that ministry, that's a real problem. Because I can guarantee you that the rest of your life is different than it was 10 or 20 or 30 years ago. If you haven't tried anything new in a long time, grab one of those gift assessments, fill it out, and call me to get together soon and to talk about it. And especially if you're feeling like you don't have anything to contribute or you aren't great at what you're doing, come sit down and let's talk together about it. That's what I'm here for. About a year after my ordination, I was suffering serious imposter syndrome. Anyone who's been to grad school knows what imposter syndrome is. It's when you feel like uh, you couldn't possibly be doing the thing that you're doing because you're just not good at it. And during this time, I had a, a funny conversation with a dear friend of mine. I was telling her how after a year, I was still adjusting to the whole pastor thing. I said, it's still kind of weird that I say a few things, pray a few prayers, then tell two people you're married, and they are. <laughs> Without missing a beat, BJ texted me back and said, well, that's a pretty weird superpower. <laughs> she said she'd have to tell her six-year-old son about this superpower and see if he is impressed by it. So I sent her a picture of my robe and stole, and I told her I even have a superhero costume. But then I got serious for a minute when I said, yeah, but I, I can't save the world. I'm really just a person in a costume. And she said, that's okay. God will save the world. 
He just looks like you wearing your costume today. Wow. You don't have to save the world, dear friends. You don't have to save the people around you. You don't have to save this church. You don't have to be the best at everything. You don't have to be the picture perfect of what you see a lay reader being or an elder or a Sunday school teacher or whatever. You just have to be who you are. Just figure out how your gifts and talents are meant to help the body. God will save the world. God will do the work the church is meant to do. God just looks like you doing what you do when you use your gifts. Amen.